Johnny Anderson, what are you insinuating right here? Are you insinuating that Andy Hart of WEEI.com has a cold, dark heart? I didn't insinuate it, but you make a good point. Our conversation with Andy Hart presented by McFarlane Energy, where they provide the most dependable home heating, oil delivery, and HVAC service, including Lennox Heating and Cooling Systems, Learn more at McFarlandEnergy.com. Andy Hart also joins us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BostonWEEI. And he's with us on the uh, Harbor One hotline. And in fact, at the end of the month, when Keith goes away for baby duty, mm-hmm. Andy Hart will be in with uh, me that last How week of like September. That? Pretty good. Uh, Hart, have you? Uh, do you want to be a part of the group like us who are going to submit names for baby Keith? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the most obvious one is Andy. It's a great name, right? Yep. You Thrash, could go A N D I because it's a girl. It is right? a girl. Yep, but I've known girls that know are Andrea yeah. go by Andy. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. I think Andy's a great girl's All right. name. I'll run um, that fire. What else? I'll uh, run a fire. Be... That's the nice way I'll of saying. Well, I know my wife has a name picked out, but well, no we'll say. do it for yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I have no say. Who I can also uh, nominate a few names. Get do you not even have? You not even have veto power. I have like if I absolutely hate it. I don't okay. think we'll name her that. But so, it's like if it's Ty goes to the runner kind of thing. Ty goes to my wife. And Ty, even if it's anywhere in the ballpark. Ty goes to the person who pops yeah. the kid out. Unless so, I can think of like a really, really good reason why I can't well, stand it. Make sure you do the put your hands together for test. Okay. I know okay. it's a little crass, but as a father, just make sure you put you don't want, you know, the name to sound like a certain profession. Uh, uh, that would be my advice. So if you can't say the name comfortably after put your hands together, if it fits too well for that, oh, okay. let's move on. So Chef Hart or Cook Hart or Hooker Hart wouldn't work? Yeah, because Hart's a little bit different. Because Hart, yeah, yeah, you have like a name it's there tough. at the end. Of well, you do need thing. to also be careful with first initial, last name, something yeah. my daughter learned. She's Sydney Hart, but she's S. Hart, which obviously oh, says Shart. Well, you did not <laughs> Which she gets made that. fun of. Nope, didn't, and it was too late. <laughs> The, the ink was dry on the, on the birth certificate and everything by well, then. Well, we can't. So. We also just be careful. Middle names. Yep. Just be no, ca- that's think true. of everything. <laughs> Initials is thing. I, we, I can't name yep. her. Uh, you know, Kelsey, Caitlin. No, 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 no. That's out. That's out. Not at so, all. Careful. In okay. fact, now we've flown yeah. too close to the yeah. sun. Yeah. We got to move on. Never mind. We gotta, boy, that Matt Patricia really stinks. Yes, sir. Talk some sports here. What do you make about the curious case of Kendrick Bourne? Uh, really interesting. Um, I think, you know, people are, I, I feel like are trying to find one, one thing like that. One thing is the reason why I don't think it's any one thing. I think this has been an ongoing, what do they like to say? Like nuanced or layered, mm-hmm. uh, issue. And, you know, the fight's part of it, but we had somebody call the post game. Oh, no, he fought a guy. That's why he's not playing. Oh, here we I've go. seen plenty of fights, and he, so he doesn't play in the opener because he was already benched for a fight that happened weeks. Like, that makes no sense to me. So I think there's probably a lot to this in terms of – I think he had an expectation, first of all. Expectations, I believe, are bad in New England under Bill Belichick. If you come in or there's any, like, background agent marketing team that is, like – putting out this expectation that I think some of us bought into, the idea that he could be a 1,000-yard receiver, could be a playmaker, could have a bigger role. But if the player and the 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 the, the group around him start to embrace that, I think sometimes that rubs people the wrong. I think Sony Michelle, for example, went down that road. I think there was an air and a, and a world around Sony Michelle that went down that road that ended up with him being 
shipped out of town and Damian Harris being embraced by the head coach for what he was doing and the way he handled his business. Uh, so I think there's a lot to it. But to me, the bottom line is simple. Um, best interest of your football team is challenged when your best receiver doesn't play. And then the one time he gets on the field, he right. goes 41 yards. So yeah. you're putting Mac Jones in a hole because he likes, he likes Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne makes plays. You don't have a, got a lot of guys that make plays. Some sort of SAT theory there. You have to get his ass on the field. What do you think of what Kern told us yesterday about Robert Kraft not liking Kendrick Bourne not playing? Because on the one hand, you're like, yeah, none of us like that Bourne didn't play. It's also week one. And as much as I like Kendrick Bourne, we keep making the point, he's not Justin Jefferson. It's not like right. you just sat Cooper Cup. So uh, the fact that the owner already, after an 0-1 start, is sort of questioning uh, who's playing. I think that's normal. I mean, we know that they have built a reputation on being fans first, owners second, right? Robert, the cold metal benches of Foxborough Stadium and all of that. You know, that famous famous clip of mm-hmm. Jonathan keeping track of fantasy stats in the booth up there. Oh, his fantasy numbers are going to be huge. The, like that whole thing. They're aware of their players, their numbers, their fans. They're like They know what's going on. They are not absentee owners. So... He wants to watch a game where his best playmakers are on the field, right? Like, I don't think that's any shocker. Now, do I think he's going to under suddenly? So so the Crafts let Bill move on from, say, Tom Brady, but they're going to undercut him and say, I want Kendrick Bourne on the field week two. <laughs> I don't think Kendrick Bourne is the sword you want to die on if you're no, the Crafts. No. Um, but I do think they probably want to see him on the field, much like the rest of us. Well, and let's not forget, too, that I think for some of us, the whole tampering thing in 2019 was like, ah, no big deal. To the owners, it might be a big deal, and you're oh, also and you're playing that team down in South Florida who meddled with a guy that they considered to be the lost craft son. And then you just mix in; it's the season opener. You are on the record from the spring talking about, ah, oh, we haven't really won a playoff game in three years. I'm looking for us to contend every year, and right out the gates. You have a pretty lackluster, not only game, but offensive performance. I know Bill can go with, it was close in two plays, and, oh, we really moved the ball into their territory. So suddenly the barometer is if you cross midfield, you're doing a great job offensively. <laughs> I, I never knew that was the case. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think there probably is a, a lot that goes into the frustration, whether it's a fan and ownership or Kendrick Bourne and the coaches. Yeah, Bill definitely tried to shine it up a little bit. I know Mac Jones did the same thing with the, oh, a couple of plays here, and yeah, we need to score more points, but overall it's pretty good. And then you have a guy like Dan Orlovsky who was like, yeah, I watched it again. It's worse. <laughs> He's like, it's actually worse than what you, what you saw. Uh, what, what did you think? Now that you've had a couple of days to sort of process what took place on Sunday, better, worse, or kind of what we saw? Uh, I, I think it was kind of what you saw. Now, what I would say, I mean, you guys build me as angry Andy and heartless and all these things. Well, John Anderson called yeah, you heartless. Yeah. yeah. yeah I stuck I, with the narrative. That was Kanye West. sure Andy Gresh called me angry Andy. So, uh, That's I, true. I, I, but I usually embrace that. But in this case, and I said this to Mutt Monday night and kind of button hooked him. I derailed his whole hour and a half Monday night pregame <laughs> show. Like, Wait a minute. Yeah. He thought we were just going to rip, 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 negative this. And I, he, he, he thought it'd be a struggle to find positives. I can find two positives. They're called the first drive of the first half and the first drive of the second half. You tweeted Mac, about that. And Mac Jones on that first drive of the game. I was like, wow, we really are morons. I know he looked like crap all summer and like he was uncomfortable and frustrated, but he was orchestrating. He looked like he was comfortable at home. The hand signals, the gestures, moving guys around, the balls getting out. They're marching right down the field. That was as comfortable as I've seen Mac Jones in the 2022 calendar year. And if you're looking for baby steps or signs of hope or things to build on, the fact that he never did that on the practice field, never did that against, you know, joint practices preseason, 
I think that's a little baby step you can build on. Now the counter is, did those two come first drive of the game, first drive of the second half, because Bill Belichick was stamping it all together and putting that together, and you have a problem when you have to go off the script or off the adjustments, and now you have Matt Patricia calling games again. But uh, I would say at least you have an example of, hey, we can move the ball a little bit. Andy Harden, WEEI.com. Here with Gresham Keith. He will be with us each and every Wednesday during the football season. Off of that, and I know you wrote about this a little bit as well, WEEI.com, about what is on Mac's plate. <laughs> Given the limited stuff that we saw, what you referred to, things of that, is there too much on him right now? Or is this a reasonable expectation in terms of the move this guy around, change this protection, all that kind of stuff? Do they have to throw him into that role for him to get better? No, I think there's too much on his plate when you bring in the totality of everything that's gone on this offseason. You know, the that original quote, whenever that was OTAs, yeah, I'm I'm teaching Joe and he's teaching me and it's great. Like, okay, <laughs> nope, not what I'm looking for. Not looking for the student mm-hmm. to become the teacher in that relationship. And then you throw in even the Kendrick Bourne thing we just touched on. So a guy who's his favorite receiver, maybe, or one of his favorite receivers, he's a guy that's involved in all those off-season, you know, Instagram workouts and videos and stuff isn't part of the mix. Now you throw in a back injury, which for a guy with a weak arm concerns me because if his mechanics are off, I don't think he has the arm to just quote-unquote get it there, right? Like just, oh, I'll just fall back on I'm strong enough arm. No, I think he has to use his torso and his core and all of that. So, and then you just mix in. I think there's some mental stress here. I think he's been a great soldier for them, saying, trying to say the right things and you know buy in, quote unquote. That's stressful when you have to force yourself to sell something publicly a couple times a week, and with with Merloni and Fourier and those guys. Like, I don't think that's easy. So yes, I do think there is way too much on Max Plate, and it's it's not an ideal situation for his year two. You think he has uh, a chance to snap? Like, is, yes. there, is there like a real breaking point with him? A hundred percent. He is the epitome of, of the guy that they, they call it the cool down period in the NFL, whatever the time frame is where the locker room's not open. We don't bring guys to the podium. I think he always needs a cool down period because mm-hmm. I do think he's, you know, the McEnroe guy that he talked about, the tennis guy that's mm-hmm. flipped out, that's crazy competitor, the the self-flagellation punching himself in the <laughs> thigh guy. Yeah. That is who he is at the core. And at some point when he's looking at his, not only his season and his performance, but like a bigger picture, wait, this is my career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he hasn't struggled a lot. I don't think he has a lot of experience compartmentalizing and figuring out how to do it the right way. You know, when you go undefeated in your one year as a starter at Alabama, put up historic numbers, come right into the NFL, and it's like, yep, Pro Bowl, playoffs. I don't know what Cam Newton's problem was. We're back in the playoffs with Mm -hmm. me. Like, everything's good. Mm, things might not be quite so good. So I think, yes, the snapping is definitely a possibility given his competitive nature. The college coaches call it strain. I used to hear it from Bob Diaco when I was working in Connecticut all the time. Oh, you got to put these guys through their strain. And it's like, okay, well, maybe give them some marijuana. That's strain of marijuana to be able to get through it so they don't end up uh, losing their mind. Yep. Trent Brown. Just a bad game, or are there warning signs of something, no pun intended, bigger here? So I think there are warning signs, but it's interesting. I know you guys were on the air when I was waiting to come on. I was listening to Bill Belichick's press conference down at Gillette Stadium. He was asked about Trent Brown and his effort, and I thought he was um, pretty positive in his tone. There was no hint of 
displeasure. He even talked about last year he wasn't available as much as in the offseason due to some personal issues. Then he had the injury. He, he highlighted a couple plays of hustle and effort in the game when asked about that, the effort that he's putting forth. Because I think his effort has not been good. I, I thought I saw a guy on Sunday that looked disinterested at times and then yep. almost at times realized he was standing around and would kind of take a couple steps to look like he wasn't standing around and head in a direction where maybe he was going to do something productive. And I may be reading too much into this, but I do find it interesting that they sign Marcus Cannon, a starting caliber guy with a track record in New England, here this late in the process – to the practice squad and like my mind immediately jumped oh yeah they see the wheels falling off trent brown they see the potential that we're gonna have to put win back at left and we're gonna need a right tackle we don't have anybody ready we need to bring in marcus cannon so i think there's something interesting there but the thing that i find interesting and i know dante scarnecchia kind of defended trent brown on the the greg hill show yesterday i think we are now seeing the trent brown that all the other places saw previously whether it was the raiders or the 49ers this partial effort can you really get him to put it all on the field and for whatever reason scar got it out of him so i even think scar is blinded because scar is probably expecting the guy he saw when he was running trent brown i think we're getting rest of the nfl fat and happy trent brown who's just collecting a paycheck personally uh how do you think they i mean i know he only played 21 plays but he did score the touchdown ty montgomery goes on ir uh, does that mean Pierre Strong, or does it just mean more of Harrison Stevenson? What do you think they do without Montgomery for four weeks? I think Mondre's the man. I think uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I've been tooting this horn for a year now. Like I think he has, and Bill has, has embraced the idea of no more predictability, three down backs, and they both showed little glimpses in the opener, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, of being three down backs. I think Stevenson has more potential in that area as a pass catcher. I think it's actually a good thing for them to get him more involved in the passing game, for him to build a rapport with Mac, whether that's as a three-down player or a little bit of a passing-down player sharing the load with Damian Harris. So, yeah, I don't I don't personally think Pierre Strong is really a, no. uh, a palatable option to go to at this point in the season. The modern-day athlete is much more sensitive than in years gone by. So should all of the Patriots defenders be pissed that no one is talking about how well they played in Miami? Yeah, but they, I mean, they played well. They also gave up one of the two game-changing plays in the game that Bill Belichick said, you know, skewed everything. The The fact that you had three of your veteran best tacklers in the middle of the field kind of hanging out together while the guy with the ball went the distance 42 yards yeah, and Duggar's, changed the game. Duggar in the back has Malloy tendencies. He just wants to knock people out. And that, he, that that's 2010, or excuse me, that's 2000 football. The, the funny thing is, I thought one of the, the really cool plays in the game was Duggar form tackling Tyreek Hill in the open field, like a picture-perfect yeah. tackle on Tyreek Hill, who's maybe the most dangerous man in the NFL. And then, you know, the downside is what they did. And Steve Belichick, I asked him about the tackling yesterday, said it wasn't as good as it needs to be. Unfortunately, that's how it is in week one. Generally, the trend is you build from there. A lot of these guys haven't tackled much. And I agree with him. I think some of that play is they're used to – tapping off wrapping up you know we, we're not hitting each other and even in the joint practices a lot of it you're looking out for each other quote unquote and then you get in a game and nobody's really sure who's supposed to take the guy with the ball's head off and the guy just goes okay well if none of you're going to hit me if you're going to run into each other and get out of my way I'm just going to go to the end zone now so yeah that was less but I do think there were positives to build on the pass rush the wise Judon pass rush uh, I thought was good I thought some of the tackling was pretty good on Tyreek Hill they didn't let him ruin the game 
My one downside, you want angry Andy. Uh-oh. I feel like I'm going down a road. Last year, I did nothing but praise Jonu Smith. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Not great. This year, spent the summer praising Christian Barmore all summer long. I thought he was dominant on the mm. practice field. Did he play against the Dolphins? Yeah, I didn't really know. Sure, he played. Didn't notice. Only thirty-two snaps, though. Like, he, yeah, he's in like a no, true I know he's around the sixty percent. Yeah, yeah. But, it's but weird. he didn't show. Nothing. Yeah, there. he doesn't. He didn't. The first taste of him this season didn't look like a guy that was ready to become the centerpiece of the defense and yeah. lift that unit to a higher level. So that was one of my defensive disappointments. Uh, speaking of positive, this could be a positive. Yeah. Thing. Let's oh, go. Okay. The Patriots they lose in Miami all the time anyway. So even when you had Tom Brady, they would lose in Miami. So that's a tough Week One game, right? Right. Huh. Can we go with that? You yeah, can lose sure. anyway. So bad teams, good teams, you lose in Miami anyway. Bill so took them down there early. Long, long, season, long season to go. Uh, this Sunday, a very winnable game against yep. the Steelers. Would you say that, Andy? They have a pretty good chance, despite as bad as it looked offensively last week. The Steelers are starting Mitch Trubisky. They don't have T.J. Watt. And even with T.J. Watt, they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team anyway. Yes. Uh, they're a middle-of-the-pack team that has the M.O. of finding ways to win games. I will say that. True. I, I've never been a huge Mike Tomlin coach Steelers fan, but... They freaking find a way to win these games, and they end up with either a tie that helps them out late in the year or whatever. They always seem to find a way. Patriots used to find a way. Now they're not so much in the find-a-way mold. But, you know, I I posted a little column this morning. They sure as shizzle better find a way here because, to me, this is a must-win game. Absolutely a must-win game for the Patriots. It's week two, but you go go 0-2. You you, you got 0-4 on the horizon. Then all of a sudden, that soft stretch, you waste your soft stretch trying to catch up, trying to get back to 500. But you know what? Even even if you turn around around and you win the next two, you would go then 1-2 and in the AFC. And that's the thing about the AFC this year. And Keith, you and I talked about it. You got to stack all those AFC wins you when do. you can, so you can end up two and two. But if one's against an NFC team and you lost the two teams, you might be competing for a wild card spot against in Pittsburgh and Miami. That's a that could be a death blow. Well, Gresham, well you're was, even more optimistic because if, if they go zero and two. I don't think they're splitting the back end. No, of but Gresh had them going out, seven and two at the bye week, I so that would also a, be tough. I laid out a scenario <laughs> in which they could go seven and two, and it was somehow go two no. and two in the first four, and then go on the run against all. Those bad teams that beat Indianapolis, who I have no respect for. So, were you the ghostwriter of that uh, PatsFans.com piece that had them like 13 wins, including a 10 Oh, God, start no. No, I'm not on drugs. I'm just Gresh saying that for there the was. He's, a, he's one of those guys. <laughs> there was a right under an alias for Pat's pulpit. There was a path to 7 and 2, and we'll we'll see. Beating Pittsburgh would would keep you on that yeah, path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put and, it and that it, way. And as Rich started with, it's a winnable game. Like, yeah. You, you probably 100%. can't turn it over three times. No. You probably well, can't give up, you know, runaway rushers that no. are going to run through a, a quarterback who already has a back injury. And I'm I'm sure he'll have some duct tape and tore it all and whatever else holding his back Uh-oh. together. But, um, you know, it's winnable. If you lose to Mitch Trubisky, though, and then have Lamar Jackson on the horizon who looks like he's going to be in his contract bonnet trying to prove something, then Aaron Rodgers coming off a loss trying to turn things around. I just think I also don't think Detroit and Cleveland are going to be as easy as we thought at the beginning of the year either. Those were two that even even I had those as wins, and I think they're going to be seven and ten. But Detroit plays tough, right? I mean, they might find a way to lose. Sort of the they're going to bite your ass, man. They're going to smack you in the knees. And then Cleveland, if those two running backs are healthy, that's a that's still a tough offense, even with Brissett and Jacoby Brissett. Just he gives his team a chance to win. He's not good. Like I'll never say Jacoby Brissett is good. (laughs) No, but. 
He's crazy. not. He, he generally doesn't fall apart and throw four picks in the first half, so like you don't have a chance to win the game. He's and underpaid Jameis Winston. That's what he no, is. No, Winston's way better. Winston's better because he can put up numbers. He, you don't want Jacoby Brissett slinging it, trying to go for 350 no. yards. That's not his game. No. Well, that's... But I think we can all agree that the, the Browns roster, top to bottom, is more talented than the Patriots roster, top to bottom. So oh, if yeah. the quarterback play is is decent right that's not just a runaway win and you faced them a year ago without their running backs if they have their running backs Mm -hmm. so yes i I think some of the quote-unquote soft schedule easy wins that you are banking on coming off of whatever two and two one and three oh and four uh may not be quite as soft as as we first thought and maybe the patriots are a little softer than we first thought oh after patriots football on sunday it is the six rings post game show with andy hart and fitzy and a cast of thousands alongside as well Mm. check that out on sunday afternoon after the Steeler game and again, our friend Andy Hart is presented by McFarlane Energy. Thank you, Hart. We appreciate it. We'll catch you soon, friend. See you, fellas. Can we, do we have any more names? No. Uh, uh, submit them to uh, my email. And okay, then we'll, I'll send uh, emails. And we'll, I'll make sure it's not like uh, please chastity. It's not a bad Same. name. Wow. Oh. It's not I hope gonna, that's not the name. It's that not be... going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awkward. It sounds like he already knows. It sounds like you've already been told. I think I, think I have a feeling of what it is. You should have a feeling. You're the father. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, but, I mean, but like, I don't have a, a huge say in it. You have a but, feeling yeah, of what it's going to be. You don't have a say yeah. in what it is. There'd be no baby without you. True, but I'm not carrying her around for nine months. So then why are you taking time off? Good point. Well, I got the other <laughs> one. I got to watch the other one now, too. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> See you guys. See you. There goes Andy Hart.